I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. so funny to run into you here i just that's what i love about the podcast world you just don't know who you're gonna run into um hey what's up how are you living life or is life living you <laughs> um one thing i don't miss from coronavirus is uh chit chat because i'm terrible at it Hi guys, welcome to another week of Awkward Sex in the City. Are you new here? Oh my god, hey, stick around a while. This is the place where everyone knows your name, but I don't because I can't physically see you guys unless you like email me pictures, which don't, that'd be weird. That'd be very weird, please don't. Um, it is May 24th, it is Sunday, it is Memorial Day weekend, and it is different. Um, Today, I woke up sad. I did. Uh, uh, so did Aaron. We got a couple of invites from friends to do like socially distanced hangouts. Um, and we were just kind of like definitely interested, but very wary about that right now. Um, that's where we're at. We're in the middle, right? Like, oh, we have, there's a lot of people that are just going out, 
still seeing people wearing masks, but seeing people, you got people that like don't leave the house ever. Um, I kind of don't leave the house ever. I left the house twice this week. I went, I do grocery shopping since, um, I took an unpaid leave and to take off some of the burden for Aaron to have to worry about. So I go like during the weekday. And then like yesterday I went to, I live in Prospect Heights in New York city. It's a neighborhood in uh, Brooklyn. And, uh, there's a couple of local places that are open that have, um, like we have like a little fish, it's not a fish market, like a fish store, um, mermaid's garden that I really like. And I mentioned Olmstead, uh, last episode and they are actually a restaurant, a very, uh, like a farm to table restaurant. And it's very pricey and you don't get that much food, but the food is delicious. Um, like the first time we went, it was amazing. And then I immediately afterward, I was like, I want two slices of pizza right now. And that is what I did. I got pizza, but like both were delicious and amazing in their own separate and unique, uh, unique ways. But they have done like a really cool job of adapting to the current situation. Um, and so they're doing two things right now, which I just, it fucking makes me love almost said more. They're doing one thing where they're just, you know, no questions asked, like a food bank situation, like between four to seven, I think um, every day it's either, it might be Tuesday through Sunday or Wednesday through Sunday, or it's like every day from four to 7 PM. And you're just like, Hey, I just, you know, would love to grab some food. And they have like pre made stuff for you. And they just give you a bag, like a very nondescript bag. So it doesn't even look like, so if anyone's like embarrassed or whatnot, like no one would know. Um, and it's all free. And then on the other side of like their, they had a room that was specific for like, um, like big dining, like, like a big group of like 20 people. They've turned that into like a little mini, like, you know, like a supermarket, like a little little like boutique food market. So like I went in yesterday and I got an amazing bottle of wine. Um, I don't know the brand. Uh, it was red, it was red wine, but it had a really cool fucking label. And that's what I, that's how I always buy wine. So about that, a very fresh baguette and, um, asparagus, but they have like duck patty and like duck sausages and whatever right now is in season for them. is like what they have. Um, they have like, I'm not doing it justice. They have like so many cool things. So like, that's like what we ate last night to support, uh, the local businesses that are staying open for us to make sure that they're still around when this ends, because that's like, you know, as much as this sucks guys, as much as like the shelter in place, whatever your state's doing, the lack of information that we have and the lack of, um, guidance and leadership that we have. The reason people are going apeshit over uh, Governor Cuomo right now is because he's done like kind of the bare minimum of what needs to be done as a leader. But since we have fucking Trump wad uh, in the Oval Office, uh, who's who golfed yesterday uh, instead of dealing with the fact that we, we are about to hit 100,000 deaths. And sure, if you're like, you know, 100,000 out of 3.6 billion people, I don't know. I'm sorry. It's 360 million people live in America. Uh, sure. It's not that much, but that's a lot of fucking people. That's a lot of lives lost. That's a lot of people that now don't have their significant other with them at their Memorial Day picnic. So wear your fucking masks, wash your fucking hands, socially distance when you're outside. I had this, this one bitch in Olmstead 
because uh, there was only lo- it's small, so I was only allowed four people. This girl walks the fuck in. She's wearing her mask, but just yelling, getting in everyone's way. And I was just like, "You fucking cunt! Like you fucking cunt! Like get your shit together." This isn't, I don't, I don't want to gab with you. I don't fucking know you. Um, glad you're buying shit at Olmstead, but like get in and get out. Like you do in the supermarket. It's like I've said in the past, especially with like, with like smaller things where they're like, please come buy from us to keep us in business. Yes, please do. But like big grocery stores, the best way to not to be, to show up for them is to not show up. Um, this is also already going way further than I thought it was going to go. Um, but also fuck Cuomo. I just want to say that again. And de Blasio, uh, they haven't figured out what to do with the beaches. Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, Cuomo's over here being like, I'm here for you, blah, blah, blah. He's cutting, making cuts to Medicaid. He's making cuts to, uh, the school system. And I, I know a lot of teachers. This has been very, very hard for them to do social distancing, learning, remote learning. Um, so no, do better, cancel rent, cancel mortgages, like make sure your city's okay, Cuomo and de Blasio. Do more. This is what you signed up for. And this is why no one should ever trust politicians. I don't trust any politician, to be quite honest. Um, I think you have to be a very big narcissist to think that you are capable of running a country and or state. But that is another situation. And I say that, and I have a friend that's running for, um, for, AD, I think that's what it's called. Uh, and I actually totally do trust her to <laughs> do a good job because I take back everything I said. It is possible to have people that would do a good job, but majority of people right now, especially the older white men and older white women, um, uh, suck. Talking about you, Elizabeth Warren, who is backing from Medicare for all because you want to be VP. And maybe, maybe to play devil's advocate. Maybe she's doing that just to get on the ticket and then it'll be a big thing for her. I don't know. But right now that was a slap in the face because if this situation has showed us anything, it is how fucking important your health insurance should not be tied to your fucking job. Because at the end of the day, most of these fucking companies don't fucking care about you. They fucking care about the profits and they don't fucking care what happens to you. And that is why health insurance should not be attached to your job. Uh, I am so, I must have woken up angry too. Um, okay. Actually this is, gonna, <laughs> I had all intent, all of the intentions for this to be a fun episode. I'm even drinking LaCroix and I swallowed way too close to the microphone. So sorry guys. I know that's kind of disgusting, but my good friend, Matt, uh, who I've referenced on this podcast a few times, is turning 31 in two days. And so we've been, me and him have been through a lot. And so I was going to kind of dedicate this episode to him. Uh, (laughs) And I actually originally was like writing notes of like things that I wanted to talk about, about him and me. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to see where my mind takes me because I wanted to kind of have a revelation. I wanted to be like, let's Let's just see. What else are the fuck are we doing, right? Am I right, guys? Am I right? I've gone fucking crazy. I need you to understand that right now. I've gone crazy. Um, so me and Matt met in college. Uh, I want to say it was my junior year, his sophomore year. And we met in probably the most romantic place in the world in college, um, yearbook. 
And we just hit it off very, very quickly. Uh, he was weird in a different way from my weird and it worked and it meshed very quickly. And so if you can't tell already, I was immediately in love with Matt uh, when I met him. I had a huge, huge lady boner for him. I was like, this is the guy I'm going to end up with. Fun fact, he would come out to me uh, in the first week of moving to New York City together. So that ship sailed very quickly. Um, did not happen, obviously, but very happy for him and all the men that he gets to be with. Um it's actually happened a lot. Uh, I'm definitely a little bit Tina Fey in that situation where I have definitely fallen for uh, men that are not out of the closet yet. Um, for whichever reason that may be, you know, you know, I am uh, from the South. People don't always feel comfortable coming out to in the South just because there's more, there's more hangups. There's more dumb hangups about um, not, not people that are that don't feel comfortable coming out yet. Just society in general in the South can be like just bullshit about that. Um, but I also was in like deeply in love with my um, best friend, Mitch. And sis, we'll go back to Matt in love. Uh, again, met him in college my sophomore year. Uh, we hit it off again because his weird meshed really well with my weird. And um, he thought I was funny. And usually, honestly, all it takes or all it took back then was a man to say that I was funny and I would just like jizz in my pants. So, and I would just be like, you are right. And this is it. I am attached. But, um, I even like was drunk, uh, one day, one Saturday, like in the afternoon and like called my mom and was just like, I'm marrying this man. He's going to be a doctor and I'm marrying him, mom. I'm marrying Mitch. And she was like, no, you're not. And I was like, you never listen to me. I promise you, this is the man that I'm bringing home to you. Um, and we, again, we were very, very close. Um, we're not as close now just because I think it's more of, we got older, but um, he, he came to New York City with two of my other good friends, Carrie and Terry. They are not related and they also spell their names differently. Um, when me and Matt, like they get, all came to our apartment and Matt sadly had to work for New Year's. Oh, I just broke my pen. <laughs> I think this will be a really fun episode for you guys. This is such a last minute episode too. Not last minute, but I was just like, I originally had someone in mind that I wanted to podcast with, uh, but they didn't have the mic that I thought they had. So it didn't work out. It's totally fine. But I was like, what is this going to be about? And then I immediately had like this crazy inspiration and it's already going left and right. And I love it. And these are usually like, to me, like the really good ones. Cause I'm like just in it, in it to win it. But back to, back to Mitch and Matt real quick. Well, just Mitch really. Uh, Matt had to work. Uh, he was working for a new station. So he had to work on New Year's Eve. Uh, me, Carrie, Terry, <laughs> uh, Matt's friend, uh, Coley. I think even Matt's boyfriend at the time was with us. I don't know. Long story short, we were just so new to the city, Matt and I, we didn't know what we were doing. I get the gang to buy like these hundred plus dollar tickets to have a basically bottle service and a table in, in a, a fucking bar slash club in Manhattan. And this is actually a really great story that I've been trying to work out as like a story for the stage, but I'm not there yet. And this is very, very condensed what I'm telling you right now. Cause it's, I'm telling you this part of the story for a very specific reason. Um, but 
we get there. It's a shit show. They don't have a table for us. They have fucking like bar stools and the, like the only things that are free are like well drinks. I try to get shots and the guy was like, no. And then I immediately fell in love with this bartender that was like telling me no. And then for the rest of the night, I was like sort of trying to get with this bartender. And I actually get left at the bar by my friends. I'd gone to the bathroom, but the bathroom was very, very long. I come back. No one is there. None of my friends are there. Uh, my friends thought I had left with the bartender because the bartender had been hitting on me as well. Uh, honestly, because I tipped him well, I don't think he was into it at all. Cause he would never, uh, he would never go past like his first name. Like when I was trying to like, kind of be like, here's my number. Anywho, long story short, I get left at this bar. I, my phone is not working. Like it won't text. It won't call. I, finally hail a cab in New York city, but fun fact, they do surge prices. Uh, and so the guy, I was like, you take card, right? And he was like, yeah, I take card. And he was like, cool. And he was like, oh, it'll be 50 bucks. And I was like, okay, fine. Fuck. I'll do, I'll deal with 50 bucks. We get to my place and he's like, it's a hundred dollars cash. And I was like, you told me you fucking took card. And this bitch fucking drove me to an ATM. And because I was such a dumb baby, I got out of the, at the ATM, got him his money and still tipped him because you, you just, you tip everyone. You got to tip everyone. I tip, tap, uh, lifts and I don't take Uber, but lifts and like cab drives there. I always do uh, at least 20%, but I could have like legit, this guy lied to me. I could have legit just kind of like run out of the cab. Um, but I guess it's just not in me to do <laughs> anywho, before I get left at this bar, the, the, the clock strikes 12, right? And me and Mitch are next to each other. And I was like, if it's ever going to fucking happen with Mitch, it's now. And I grab his face and like semi make out with him. And like, it's weird. We both were just kind of like, okay. And then like a week later, Mitch calls me and was just like, Hey, I want you to know, um, that I'm gay. And he basically was like, after last week, I just felt like, like you personally should like, definitely no. And he's living his best life right now. I'm really happy for him. And my mom was right. It was not the person I was going to bring home to her. But that's just this long, long story, which is actually much longer. And I'm not going into full detail because it's not what this podcast that we're not this podcast is what this episode's about. It definitely fits the podcast. Um, it's just kind of how like attached I get like immediately when I, not anymore, but like when I was younger and by younger, I mean like 23. Um, this is how I was. I was like this in high school. I was like very obsessive with my crushes. So I had a huge fucking crush on, on Matt in college and obviously nothing happened in college ever. Like nothing ever happened with me and Matt. We both want to come to New York city and he was a year younger than me. So I basically, you know, just kind of like worked random jobs while he was still in college to save up for New York. And we moved up together. We, <laughs> we even went, um, to, we, we like lucked out so much. We like w went to New York city for the weekend to, um, potentially find an apartment. We both were like, we probably won't find an apartment in the first week or the first weekend. Like it'll be fine. And we found one. We found this amazing, like fucking huge railroad apartment. And just in case if you don't know what railroad means, it means that there is no hallway. Each room goes into the next room. 
So theoretically, like someone would have to walk through another person's bedroom to get to the bathroom, which is what would end up happening. And there's a broker there showing the place and it's like all couples and me and Matt totally look like a couple. And we are, we're like, oh, we're interested. And we're very loud and vocal about that because we don't want another, uh, we don't want competition. We don't want other people going for it. And Matt was like, whatever you do, Natalie, do not say that you don't have a job. And he didn't either. He was just like smarter about it. We both were just like, we've saved enough money. We'll, we'll get the apartment and then we'll get the job. And that's like literally what we did. But we're given an application for the apartment. And it, the first question is like, what is your occupation with like address, telephone numbers? And I immediately turned the to the broker and was like, mm, we don't have jobs. <laughs> and Matt's face just like drops and was like, what the fuck are you doing? But a thing about me is like, I'm just very, I'm just, I'm very, very honest and I'm just saying that out loud and I'm just like, you sound like such a piece of shit, but I am, I wear like, I wear my faults on my sleeve. I wear everything on my sleeve. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm a straight, I'm a straight shooter. And a lot of times it can be bad. Like you're telling too much of a situation, but a lot of times like people really respect honesty. So the guy was like, you know what, well, let's just check out your credit scores. And we had to go get money for the deposit. They like, they do a at least in New York, I don't know if this happens in other states, uh, you have to pay for them to like do the credit check and, and it basically just like goes to your deposit or whatever. Like, I can't even remember who cares. So he was like, I only take cash. And I was like, we we're like, oh, okay, um, cool. We just need to go get cash real quick. And he was like, oh, I'll take you. There's a, there's like a Rite Aid right down the street. We go down to Rite Aid and to the ATM and my debit card is rejected cause I tried to take out too much money. And luckily my bank was like, Hey, someone in New York is trying to take out $400. And so it keeps getting rejected in front of this, this broker. And we're just like, there is no way in how we're getting this place. And long story short, we do, we get it. We find out like almost immediately that we got it. And me and him are in this super small hotel room where it's just like me and him on this bed and like the bed is it there's like nothing else and we're like let's go walk and we like go walk to um 30 rock and it's like maybe like 11 10 or 11 like it's not that late and we're just like on this bench just like staring up at 30 rock and we're just like we're gonna get there one day um like I wanted to work for SNL so badly and we're just staring at it and we're just like talking our dreams and stuff and like I will say this, Matt's gotten to 30 Rock. Um, I don't want to say like what he does because I don't think he wants that out there. Like not in like a, oh, he does weird shit, but just like not everyone wants their whole fucking life on the fucking podcast universe like me. Um, and Matt, I'm really fucking proud of you, man. You did it. Like we, we've done it. We, we came here. It'll be nine years in August that we've lived in New York City. We both wanted it desperately. We both weren't right where we were, we weren't fully ourselves. Um, and so, yeah, we have this like huge ass railroad apartment. I get the big room, which means I have to like walk through his apartment a lot. And so he comes out on me, comes out to me on my bed. Uh, and he was like, yeah, I just, you know, I think you need to know, yeah, cause you might walk in on a few blowjobs. Um, and I have, 
but honestly, I had no clue to after the fact. So congrats to you guys for being so subtle. I don't think I could be that subtle. Um, and Matt and I just did like a lot of growing up together in that first year. And we had like a few, a few big fights, um, mostly about boundaries, mostly like some of it was like me not understanding boundaries of like his stuff. Um, and then when he got his first boyfriend, there was a huge rift and it wasn't, at first I thought it was because I thought I was like losing him. And then in retrospect, it was like, no, you just really didn't like this boyfriend. And I just didn't, I didn't like this person. Um, and they would ultimately break up. And then I would be like, yeah, I just didn't like that person that much. Um, and I could just kind of sense it. But at the same time, like it was exactly what was supposed to happen at that time. Like we were supposed to be this young and dumb at like 22 and 23 in the city. Like it was amazing. Like this weekend, eight years ago, or would it? No, yeah, eight years ago, um, we went to Crocodile Lounge for your birthday and went like back and forth from Crocodile Lounge to nowhere, just like drinking like crazy and having a blast eating the dollar slice, not dollar slice, but this Crocodile Lounge is my favorite. There's two, there's Crocodile Lounge and there's Alligator Lounge. Alligator Lounge is in uh, Williamsburg. Crocodile Lounge is near, um, is on 14th street between first and second Avenue. And there's probably bars that do this, not in New York city, but with each drink you get, you get a drink ticket and you take it to the back and you get a miniature size pizza and they're fucking amazing. Like they're great. One time me and Aaron were like, I think we had, we were going to like a show or something near alligator lounge. And we were like, let's go get food. And we couldn't figure out where we wanted to go. And I was like, honestly, can we just fucking go to alligator lounge? Like, I just want their fucking pizza. And like, that's what we did. I just ate like three personal pizzas myself there. But so yeah, like we, it was like me, maybe Coley came. I don't remember. Your ex was there. We drank so much. We looked so hot. We were so fun. We're still hot and fun, but it was just like, it was like hot that, that weekend. It was muggy. It was like a perfect New York city weekend. And we all took, I think we all took a cab home and I'm pretty sure it's me and Coley. Me and Coley like walked up first and then my room was the room that was like with the windows to the avenue, to the avenue outside. And I looked out the window and I saw you vomiting everywhere next to the school that was in front of our, our apartment. <laughs> but it was like, yes, this feels right. This feels very, very right. And just like the amount of sex that you and I not separately had in that first apartment and just like there were no like real doors really like it was it was a lot it was a whole thing and I'm so glad that it's not eight years ago and we are quarantining together in that apartment because I do think we would have killed each other like murder suicide style it would not have ended well and we did we definitely had problems at the very end in that first year. But then we moved into a three bedroom apartment, two blocks down with another girl that also went to our college that Matt knew better than me. And ultimately it worked out very well. Um, I would live there for four years with them. Um, and the reason I moved was because I moved in with, with Aaron and then they would stay there. Uh, I guess Amanda's six and you seven, if it's going to be nine years in August. And it was an amazing apartment. Fucking loved it. 
threw up in all the bathrooms there because we had more than one bathroom. Um, but I, like I've said in the past, like I just, I, I have recently liked going down memory lane of like how dumb I was and how dumb we were, um, through all of that. We had a balcony. I love that balcony so much. And I don't know if this was a dick move or not in retrospect, but his ex of the, uh, that now his ex, his boyfriend of the time, this was the one that I didn't like. Um, and I think, I think probably one of the main reasons I didn't like him was because he was definitely like pointing out to Matt, like the shitty things I was doing as a roommate our first year living together, um, which he totally should have. And I've like learned how to be like a better roommate since then. And honestly, when you live with someone for five years, you obviously like are good roommates for each other. Um, I always clean the bathrooms for, for the group. I just always clean the bathrooms. I hated taking the trash. So I like never fucking took out the trash, but you know, there was like a balance sort of, sort of, we weren't perfect, but sort of, um, Oh, what was I saying? Oh, because we had a balcony in the second apartment and the ex would come over a lot. He was like, I am going to put my bike on the balcony. And I was like, no, you're not. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to put it on the balcony. And I was like, no, you're not. Cause in my mind, I was like, why won't you just fucking chain it outside? Retrospect again, I think that was a dick move on my part, but like, that was just kind of like the friction me and this ex had, um, ultimately they would break up, um, for reasons that I, I think just Matt was just like, I knew I wasn't going to marry him. Um, Matt has also been there for every like rough breakup situation. Um, he hated my emotionally abusive ex hated him. And the last time we got together, Matt was like, I don't want to hear shit. I don't want to hear any of your fucking complaining about it this time. I've told you everything I feel about this person. And honestly, going into it the last time with that in the back of my mind definitely helps me to have like a clearer perspective of like what my needs were and like what I was kind of not okay with. And it definitely was like, that was the last time we got together. And then we like fucking broke up and that was it. And honestly, like when we, the times before it was like an ultimate, like we are done, done. I was a wreck every fucking time. But the last time we broke up, I was like, fine. Like there were like two times that I was sad, but I was just so glad to be done with him. I was like, I'm going to read again. I haven't read a book in a long time. And then I read the Da Vinci Code. Guess what? Not that good of a book. Um, Cause you like, you feel like you've lost part of yourself, which has also been again, very interesting about quarantine and coronavirus and sheltering in place. Like having already, ha like I said, in the last episode or this episode before that, having to deal with the possibility of having to let go of my career because of like what my headaches were at that time. Um, and learning to realize like, you are not your career. You are not your job. I have feel like I got like this little like jump start on like refinding myself in in quarantine. And that has been a silver lining for sure. Do I want this to be how it is right now? No. I wish right now I was still I was just getting off work at Trader Joe's. I would I would work Sunday through Thursdays and on Sundays I usually work 10 to 6. So I probably would have woken up annoyed that I had to go to work today. Or I would have I either woke up annoyed that I had to go to work today or I took the day off. Depends on what my, what my bank account looked like. 
So I was either annoyed that I was like missing out on all the fun in the sun with everyone in Prospect Park, whatever we were doing right now, because our friend Tim usually throws a, not throws, but yeah, like throws a, a huge Memorial Day picnic um, in Prospect Park and like 150 people are invited and that's it. That's like the whole day. And it's usually a Sunday or Monday, depending on the weather. But as we've gotten older, it's become Sunday so we can recoup on Monday. So then I probably would have taken off. doesn't matter semantics. Um, or if this wasn't Memorial day weekend, I again would have been annoyed that everyone was hanging out on Sunday, but then I would have immediately met them at some outdoor seating at one of our favorite bars in the neighborhood and would be drinking right now. And I wish we could have both. I wish there was a time in our lives when we could just breathe and not have to worry about our next paycheck or at the grind or being busy 24 seven or not seeming busy enough on Instagram. I, I kind of never fell into this. Um, there was <laughs> before Corona BC, um, a thing people would do would be like, have a picture of themselves and be like my May shows and just have other shows listed. Um, I never did it. And my friends were like, you would get more shows if people saw the shows that you were doing. And they're right, for sure. I just never wanted to seem like I was super busy on Instagram when maybe I wasn't, you know, like I'd never like that facade. And I count my blessings for that one that I haven't cared that much. Have I gone down terrible spirals watching other people's Instagram stories being super busy? Yeah. Even now in fucking quarantine, as everyone's adapted to Zoom shows and like Instagram live, totally. Um, I hate them all. Um, if you've seen Awkward Sex Alive show, I do not at any point see it being a Zoom show. It's just not my baby. And I have this outlet already and I've said this repeatedly. So I think I'm just trying to tell myself repeatedly to not feel bad about it. Um, and also like I pay my comedians. I don't know what I would get to pay them if I would be able to pay them um, if we did Zoom shows. Like I don't know what type of money I would be getting in from that. So I just don't want to start a show where my comedians, I said comedians, my comedians aren't getting paid. Um, this all started from talking about roommates. I wanted to get it back to Matt. Um, Matt's gotten not like sick a lot, but like one year he got shingles and he was like, is this for old people? And I was like, well, not anymore. You have shingles. Um, and it's not, it's more like, I think it's if you've had chicken box before it's inside of you, it's always inside of you. And I think a lot of times it can be, um, triggered by like extreme stress, but it reminds me how, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but in 2009 was the swine flu sitch, uh, another coronavirus that, you know, killed people. And Matt got it. Matt got swine flu in college and me and Matt had a class together. And the teacher was like, where's Matt today? And I was like, oh, he got swine flu. <laughs> and so then like everyone like backed away from me and I was like, I don't have it. And he was obviously fine. He's fine. Um, Matt, I hope you're okay that I said that. I wonder if I should ask you. I'll text you later. Um, and like, I, but though I immediately was like, oh my God, I hope Matt doesn't get coronavirus. Cause I'm like, he got swine flu. Would he get that? Um, Cause that's where my mind goes. I'm looking at my notes now that I said I didn't take. I wrote one thing. It was like Matt was in love with him. Um, I was. I'm trying to think if I did anything to try 
like make a move. I don't think I did. I think subconsciously I just knew he wasn't into me. Um, one time, this is shitty. One time he came over to my apartment and it was like me and Carrie and he got super drunk at my apartment and like, was just like being dumb and like throwing food everywhere. And we were like, how the fuck do we get this to stop? And I gave him, <laughs> mind you, I'm like 20 and I'm a dumbass, but I gave him like NyQuil. He had like a lot to drink. And I was like, take these two gel caps. And he did. And then he fell asleep, but he woke up. He woke up, guys. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> but see, I'm very fucking honest. Like, I'm just telling you, I'm telling you my truth, man. What else? What else do we do? Just a lot of dumb, drunk stuff in New York. But it, but we were just like so cute about it too, because we really didn't like know where to go. And like, we, I think we stumbled upon Crocodile Lounge or maybe Caitlin showed it to us. I can't remember. But I do remember one time, like our first weekend, oh, our first weekend out, we went to like, our first weekend out after Matt came out to me, we went to like a lot of different bars. We went to a lot of different gay bars. And one of them, which I hope still exists, was like a few blocks down from us. It was like on 91st and 1st Avenue. And we walk in and it's like not that many people there, like, cause there was like two levels. And I think the bottom level was more of the party. We stayed up on the top level. Cause you know, like we were, we were babies and you know, it can be in a very intimidating, New York can be a very intimidating situation at first. And I went to the bar to get us drinks. And this girl was like, Hey, like, can I get anything for you? Like not the bartender, like a woman at the bar. And he was like, oh, no, I'm just, you know, I'm getting a drink from my friend, but thank you. And then later Matt was like, you know, she was hitting on you, right? And like mind blown, like had no clue. Um, then fast forward like seven years later, then I would come out as a bi. Um, like wish I knew in that moment. But we like just kind of like bar hopped the whole weekend. And then we ended up in this like very crowded bar. And he was like, what should we get? We should get something like sophisticated. And I was like, well, and sex in the city. They drink Cosmos. So we should get Cosmos. Fun fact, I hate a Cosmopolitan. I hate it so much. We both had it and it was like filled to like the rim and we're like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. And I think we were like, we were like in the corner, like seated, not seated, but like we were sitting on this like bench in the corner with just like hordes of people around us. And we we're just kind of staring at everyone in awe. And I'm just like, both were just kind of like, we were so out of our element, but like, we're happy, but like, what is life? And I'm pretty sure we were like, this place is too crowded. And we just put the cosmos like on the ground and like walked away. Cause we didn't know bar etiquette, which is take your fucking drinks back to the bar. Like take your glasses back to the bar to make it easier. Um, I'm really grateful that I had Matt to grow up in the city with. I don't know if everyone gets that chance um, to have that type of relationship of just like, you are my person so I can be honest and like real with you too, you know? I did a lot of growing up in that first year and I can definitely say I was not a good roommate in a lot of ways, but I was also a great roommate in a lot of ways and vice versa with him. Like we, our first year we had to do laundry, um, at a laundromat. And so you needed a quarters and Matt had this huge piggy bank that would have quarters in it. And I would take dollar bills and shove them in the, in the piggy bank and take out his quarters. 
which sure it's like an equal amount. Right. But he wanted his fucking quarters to do fucking laundry. And so like, like dumb things like that. And like, I did a lot of like, um, not being willing to take accountability for like my actions when things went wrong or when I was just wrong. And I had a lot of like slaps in the faces with reality when I, in that first year in that apartment, one of them being when I lost my fucking wallet. And also I would lose my wallet like three times in a year. I actually don't use wallets anymore. I have lost so many wallets with so many like personal, I almost said artifacts, personal artifacts, just like personal things like social security cards, driver's license, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that I now use one of those thingies where you like, you stick it to the back of your, your cell phone and you just like put your cards in it. And like, that's what I take. Cause I don't trust myself with wallets anymore. And I, but I do trust that I won't lose my cell phone because that shit is fucking expensive. And I also hate wall. I hate purses. Um, I think it's ridiculous that we don't have more pockets and things as women. I think it's one of the most sexist things in the world. Um, so I, for the most part, either buy dresses with pockets and put my cell phone in it or I have jeans and I put my cell phone in it or I'm wearing a jacket and I put my cell phone in it. Like I just, I hate purses. I think I only really use purses when I'm like going to weddings and shit because, because that's like for like the look, you know, like it's not really, um, for comfort or that I'm like bringing more stuff. It's just like, you have to complete the look because I have great taste. Um, your bitch looks amazing in a jumpsuit is all I can say. I actually bought like a lot of stuff this weekend and I bought so much like clothes. One, I, if you haven't figured out, I'm very poor uh, because I followed my dreams in New York City. Uh, that's kind of what happens for the most part. You sell your soul. Well, you don't sell your soul. To keep your soul, you um, don't make any money. But um, so I'm always on a very strict budget. And I was like, I, I was wearing running shorts that I bought in college and I graduated in 2010. And I was just like, you need new running shorts. And I turned to Aaron. I was like, I'm about to spend X amount of money on all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, you a hundred percent should. Um, actually I remember my first shopping trip in New York city. I spent like $300 at urban outfitters because I was a dumb baby. Uh, cause uh, dumb baby. Cause like urban outfitters, um, and like, didn't know anything better, you know? Um, and I would also later work at that Urban Outfitters. Oh no, I didn't work at that one. I, it was a different one. Um, it doesn't matter, but I would end up working at Urban Outfitters. Fun fact, shitty company. There was a lot of shit with them like stealing work, like artist work for like, um, what do you call, uh, like, uh, necklaces and stuff. Um, I don't remember what happened with that. Anywho, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they pissed me off so much that I actually, the way I quit was I was a no call, no show. And it's the only time I've ever done that. And probably the only time I ever will. But I, I just was like, I'm going to fuck you guys over the way that you fucked me over. Um, oh, where was I going with this? Oh, I bought like $300 worth of stuff. And then Matt was like, you did what? He's like, we're in New York city now. Things are expensive. Don't spend that much money. And I would end up taking like $200 of that back, but I still have everything that I bought. Uh, that I didn't return. I still have all that stuff. Um, cause it's cute. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I guess it was just like learning, going back to like relearning myself, just like relearning to like 
take care of myself in different ways too. Just to be like, no, like learning to be able to be like, no, you deserve this. Like you deserve new clothes. You deserve X, Y, and Z. Like, and not just you, me, like you too deserve that. Um, and you too deserve like a mat. Like, I hope you have a mat in your life. It's definitely been harder to hang out um, because he lives in Manhattan and I live in Brooklyn. And at the time when he was at the other apartment, um, it was a long ass commute. It was like two hours. And so, and we have different schedules and like different um, responsibilities and things like that, that we don't get to see each other as much. But I like that. I know that he's always there if I need him um, and vice versa. It actually reminds me, um, there was our first year, we both were working two jobs. He was working at a restaurant and then he got like a big kid job. And there was like a good, like, I think four to six weeks where he had to do both jobs. So he was getting like maybe four hours of sleep, but we just weren't seeing each other at all. And we had completely opposite schedules. So he was like working nights at the restaurant and working days at his like, you know, adult day job where I was a nanny and I was nanny for an actress. And so I would have to wake up at 6 a.m. to walk across the park to take, get her kids like up and ready to then walk them back across the park to their school on the Upper East Side, but they lived on the Upper West Side. Um, And so I would be like walking through his apartment while he like just finally got to sleep and and then like vice versa, like I had to be asleep early. Um, so I would be in bed by like 10 or 11 to get up at six and he wouldn't get home till one. But, but I would wake up and then I'd be cranky because I'd hear him because we lived in like, we lived in a pre-war building and on the lease it said the building was made in 1858, which is mind blowing, um, which would also totally be the reason why we had like a huge mouse infestation because I don't know if you know this, but um Pre-war means two things. One, it was built before World War II. And two, that your uh, floors just have like a shit ton of holes in them because your apartment has like naturally moved over the 100 plus years that it's been a thing. We actually lived over a funeral home and the funeral home was very close to Matt's last name. It was like blank and, or it was like blank funeral home. And I don't know why, but in my mind, I was like, this is a really good sign, which in a lot of cultures, like living near or above a funeral home would be like a bad omen. I saw it. I walked toward it because I had led us in the wrong direction the first day to um, my direction. My sense of direction is actually very bad. It's so bad that when my sense of direction says to go right, I automatically go left. And that's how I that's how I get around. And it's right. When I don't trust it, it's when I get to where I need to be. But I was being cocky and cause I had interned at Atlantic records that summer or the summer before. And I was like, I know how to get in the city. I didn't. It's, it was about a year before I could really get around the city. And so I led us the wrong way. And then he led us the right way and we got there. Um, and when I saw it, it was just, we actually hid behind a tree. <laughs> Cause we were a little early and we saw the other couples and we were like, Oh shit. Um, we have competition and we hid behind this tree looking at this funeral home. And it was so weird. I just kind of knew that it was, um, meant to be. 
I knew we were going to get this apartment even walking around it. And we didn't have a, um, a tape measure with us. So to get the measurements, Matt walked like foot to foot and like would write down like how many feet it was like literal feet. And then he like measured his feet afterwards. So we knew like the dimensions of the apartment. I can't remember this very vividly. And I remember Matt actually wanted the bigger room. Um, but he gave it to me, um, cause it had light. I had so much sunlight. And I was like, please. And that was it. That was the apartment. And he would move a week before me. And so I got, my parents bought me a, um, a bed. They bought me like a bed with like the, the, like the metal bed frame it comes from. But when my dad and it came, I was like, is it cool if it comes when you're there? And he was like, yeah, I got it. And, but when my dad and I um, ordered it, we were drunk. And so we bought a full size bed, but we bought a queen size bed frame. And even when the delivery guy was here, he was like to Matt, he was like, Hey dude, just so you know, like it's two different sizes. And like Matt tried to call me, but I was at work and I was like, it's fine. It's fine. So until me and Aaron moved in together, I had a full size bed with a queen size bed frame. Yes. I hit my ankle a lot. It worked out. It was fine. I guess I just want to end with, um, I don't know, like the age demographic of the people listening, but if you're younger and your plans were to move immediately to like a big city after you graduated. Um, that was kind of my plan too. I was supposed to move to Chicago with my best friend, Carrie. Um, and that didn't work out. And I ended up home for a year and it's led to a lot of amazing things. And I remember that first three months at home, no job, don't even have my college degree yet because it hasn't been mailed to me yet. Uh, a full mouth of metal, adult braces, stuck with my parents being like, what the fuck did I do wrong? I'm supposed to be living the best life that I can live in a major city right now. And I got an extra year with my parents. They're, they're still alive, but I think we all knew like this would be the last year that we would all be together before like I moved. Um, And I definitely wouldn't have known all the good things that were coming, having my plans derailed so massively. Like me and Matt weren't going to move together. It was me and Carrie, a different city. Um, And then it turned out to be, it just worked. It worked out to end up with Matt. And I gained a lot of lessons. I gained myself. I gained a lifelong friend and I gained... I gained my whole life. Ugh, I hate how gross this is, but it's true. Like the more, maybe that's why I've been thinking about the past so much is like, I was miserable when I realized I had to come back home for a whole year, but I made some remade friendships, like rekindled friendships with like people very close to me or like weren't as close in high school, just figured out a lot of shit. And so I know this like all really, really sucks, but it will end and it's not necessary. I mean, I don't want to say it's not necessarily a bad thing because it is a totally bad thing as like people are dying. Like New York is still getting a hundred new cases or not hundred, like at least a thousand new cases a day. At least a hundred people are dying a day. But 
I guess I just mean like the idea of having like your future planned out and having that derailed so badly isn't necessarily the worst thing that could happen to you right now. And to just um, trust the feeling for a second, like trust this new knownness. And I actually, um, the past week or so has been like, not weird, but just like, there's been more, um, trying to think of what I'm trying to say, maybe more clarity. And even yesterday I was just like, you just got to trust this. Like something felt right. Like everything's changed. I know, I know comedy is not coming back live for, I think at least a year at minimum, at least a year. And that's, you know, it's, it is truly heartbreaking to think you've lost like what momentum that you had or what path you thought you were going to have and like all that shit. But it doesn't mean it's all over, you know, like it's just, it's could be, it could be something you never even thought of and it could be better. And I'm trying really hard to not end this as like super cliche because it feels cliche and it feels too like button nose perfect. And it's not that year that I was home. I worked at Macy's, one of the worst, worst retail jobs I've ever had in my life. Felt like shit. A lot of the times got shat on by customers, um, felt stuck in a lot of ways, but like I said in the past, like that's how awkward sex and city was born. Um, I got to be a camp counselor. I got to be camp supervisor. And it's like one of my fondest memories, like like that summer, the summer before I moved up. Well, the summer I moved up. So like, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't have to be an end all be all. And I just hope, <laughs> I hope you don't try to make out with one of your best friends and then they come out to you. Um, that's also totally fine. I just mean the embarrassment of it, but you know, it's a really great story that fits my podcast so well. Um, just hold on a little bit, just hold on or a lot of it. Cause who knows how fucking long this is going to be, but please wear your face masks, wash your hands and come back next week. Bye guys. Um, thank you guys again for listening. Um, I, I am like floored in a good way by the uh, feedback I have gotten from little strangers liking these solo episodes. Um, they, while I'm doing them, they sometimes feel clunky and weird, um, but then I can feel myself getting into them. And just thank you. Thank you for letting me like do this journey. Uh, again, another example of like, this wasn't what I was expecting or how I was expecting to start solo episodes, but sometimes like weird bad situations force you into some cool things um forces you out of your like little box your little square a little bit and that's not always the worst thing in the world and as someone who um loves their routine I sometimes do need to be routinely kicked out of my box it's one of the reasons why I'm so happy I have Aaron because if Aaron wasn't as social as he was I don't think I would be as social as I am now um and happy birthday Matt I I hope everything that I talked about is okay because uh, this will probably come out and I didn't text you, but I never see your last name. So that's good. I hope I'll text you. I'll text you. I'll text you a birthday. Um, but I love you, Matt. And I'm sorry I can't see you in person, but we will soon. And 
I know I don't see you guys, my listeners in person, but I feel like you're here with me all the time. And if you're bored, go like and share and subscribe, get your friends to subscribe, like like a credit card, except you won't get like a dollar bonus. You'll just get the bonus of knowing I love you a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's Memorial Day weekend, or it was. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you got to have a new version of this weekend and you stayed safe. I love you. Okay, bye for real. Okay, bye. Um, also, I'm being weirder, which I think is a fun side of me that you guys now get to see. Okay, cool. I'll start to sing to you soon because that's what I do to Aaron all the time. Um, I try to make up really catchy, like weird songs like a suck in his head and it works a lot. But then I'll forget the tune because I have like the tension span of like a mouse. And then do they have, I, I think they should have high attention spans um, of a fly. And so I'll forget it. And then he'll get mad at me because it's like in his head and it's not stuck in my head because I don't remember. Okay. Fun fact about me. I'm ending this outro now. Okay. Love you. Bye guys. See you next week.